There it is, cried the dying man in Portuguese, and pointing with his long, thin arm. But I shall never reach it, never. No one will ever reach it. Suddenly, he paused and seemed to take a resolution. Friend, he said, turning towards me, are you there? My eyes grow dark. Yes, I said. Yes, lie down now and rest. I, he answered, I shall rest soon. I have time to rest, all eternity. Listen, I am dying. You have been good to me. I will give you the writing. Perhaps you will get there if you can live to pass the desert, which has killed my poor servant and me. Then he groped in his shirt and brought out what I thought was a boa tobacco pouch, made of the skin of the swat ven pens or sable antelope. It was fastened with a little strip of hide, what we call a rimpy, and this he tried to loose, but could not. He handed it to me. Untie it, he said. I did so, and extracted a bit of torn yellow linen on which something was written in rusty letters. Inside this rag was a paper. Then he went on feebly, for he was growing weak. The paper has all that is on the linen. It took me years to read. Listen, my ancestor, a political refugee from Lisbon and one of the first Portuguese who landed on these shores, wrote that when he was dying on those mountains which no white foot ever pressed before or since. His name was José de Silvestre, and he lived three hundred years ago. His slave, who waited for him on this side of the mountains, find him dead and brought the writing home to Delagoa. It has been in a family ever since, but none have cared to read it till at last I did, and I have lost my life over it, but another may succeed and become the richest man in the world, the richest man in the world. Only give it to no one, senor. Go yourself. Then he began to wander again, and in an hour it was all over. God rest him, he died very quietly, and I buried him deep with big boulders on his breast. So I do not think that the jackals can have dug him up. And then I came away. Aye, but the document, said Sir Henry in a tone of deep interest. Yes, the document. What was in it? added the captain. Well, gentlemen, if you like, I will tell you. I have never showed it to anybody yet except to a drunken old Portuguese trader who translated it for me and had forgotten all about it by the next morning. The original rag is at my home in Durban, together with poor Dom Jose's translation, but I have the English rendering in my pocketbook and a facsimile of the map, if it can be called a map. Here it is. I, Jose de Silvestre, who am now dying of hunger in a little cave where no snow is on the north side of the nipple, of the southernmost of the two mountains I have named Sheba's Breasts, write this in the year 1590, with a cleft bone upon a remnant of my raiment my blood being the ink. If my slave should find it when he comes, and should bring it to Delagoa, let my friend, name illegible, bring the matter to the knowledge of the king, that he may send an army which, if they live through the desert and the mountains, and can overcome the brave Kukuwains and their devilish arts, to which end many priests should be brought, will make him the richest king since Solomon. With my own eyes I have seen the countless diamonds stored in Solomon's treasure chamber behind the white death. But through the treachery of Gagool the witchfinder, I might bring naught away, scarcely my life. Let him who comes follow the map, and climb the white snow of Sheba's left breast till he reaches the nipple, on the north side of which is the great road Solomon made, from whence three days' journey to the king's palace. Let him kill Gagool. Pray for my soul. Farewell. Jose de Silvestre. When I had finished reading the above, 
and shown the copy of the map, drawn by the dying hand of the old Dom with his blood for ink, there followed a silence of astonishment. Well, said Captain Good, I have been round the world twice, and put in at most ports, but may I be hung for a mutineer if ever I heard a yarn like this out of a storybook, or in it either, for the matter of that. It's a queer tale, Mr. Quatermain, said Sir Henry. I suppose you are not hoaxing us? It is, I know, sometimes thought allowable to take in a greenhorn. If you think that, Sir Henry, I said, much put out, and pocketing my paper, for I do not like to be thought one of those silly fellows who consider it witty to tell lies, and who are forever boasting to newcomers of extraordinary hunting adventures which never happened. If you think that, why, there is an end to the matter, and I rose to go. Sir Henry laid his large hand upon my shoulder. Sit down, Mr. Quatermain, he said. I beg your pardon, 